0: Do you have trouble sleeping? Are you feeling a lot of stress and anxiety with everything that's happening in the world today? Then you should join the millions of people who have the Abide Sleep and Prayer Meditation app. This is the number one Christian meditation app that's proven to reduce your stress, improve your sleep, and deepen your experience with the peace of God. I love this app because it helps me launch into my spiritual practices and it just gives me that jump that I need. And when I'm feeling a lot of anxiety, I can turn this on to really meditate and rest and relax. And with this Abize Premium Subscription Services, You get ad-free meditation, and I like ad-free. Plus, you get an early access to more content, background music customization, a sleep timer, and even a journal to record your progress. Take my advice. Download this app today to boost your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Right now, there's a special for all the BTB subscribers. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, You'll get 25% off your first year when you sign up for the premium subscription, but only if you text the special BTB promo code, which is 22433. Again, that's 22433. So you wanna text BTB22433. Don't wait to download the Abide Sleep. And prayer meditation app today, and text this special code for BTB, and the number is 22433 today to get 25% off. Hi, Bridgers. This is Latasha Morrison here, and I wanted to invite you to the Be The Bridge Live. This is our first Be The Bridge Live event that we're having since the pandemic. If you live in Atlanta or surrounding areas, you do not want to miss this time. We're gonna have panel discussions. Um, There will be some talks by some people that you know and maybe a few that you don't know. But if you're ready to lean into this work and listen and engage, this is an equipping event to help you improve your racial literacy. So that is October the 15th from 2 to 5 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia at the Peachtree Road United Methodist Church. And that's here in Atlanta. And you can register at bethebridge.com live. You don't want to miss our first Be the Bridge live event for 2022. And that is October the 15th from 2 to 5 in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Peachtree Road United Methodist Church. And again, you can register at bethebridge.com forward slash
1: live. Be the bridge, be the bridge. You are listening to the Be the Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. Hey, that's good. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding.
0: But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love.
1: We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end.
0: I am so excited, Be The Bridge community. Um, I have my friend on here today. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to arrange this, um, but I think since then she's dropped about 500 books. I mean, uh, I'm exaggerating, I'm exaggerating, but you're gonna, you may have heard this, um, this name before. Um, we have twin names. This is the name that I get called all the time. Um, and then we also have a special guest that's going to talk about um, the new project that uh, they have just released that a voice that you may be familiar with but right now i want to introduce to you miss natasha robinson and she is the president of um, t3 leadership solutions and an associate certified um, coach with the international coaching federation Um, she is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. Let me say this, United States Naval Academy in the house, okay? And she is a former United States Marine Corps captain. And I was just joking with her before this, and I said, and it shows. Um, (laughs) And she is a former uh, federal government employee uh, for the Department of Homeland Security. So watch yourselves on this call. Like She she is coming with all the receipts. Um, She has a... She's a doctorate candidate at North Park Theological Seminary. Um, she is also a graduate of Gordon Cornwell Theological Seminary um, in Charlotte. And um, she has an MA in Christian Leadership. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go back. She, is, she graduated cum laude. I got to add that in. You know, when you have a sister on and they have that on their bio, I want to make sure that I say it so y'all know that she is coming with all the credentials, okay? And she has more than 20 years of leadership leadership. leadership experience in the military, federal government, academic and nonprofit sectors. She continues to shape the generation of leaders. And she is also a author and she um, has written the book, The Journey to Freedom Exodus Bible Study. And she is the editor on this new project, uh, Voices of Lament, Reflections and Brokenness and Hope in the World, Longing for Justice. And um, this is a liturgy of about 29 women that is based off of Psalm 37 that we're gonna talk about today. And she also authored um, her memoir, Sojourner's Truth, Choosing Freedom and Courage in a Divided World. And then her first book, uh, one of her first books, um, that I know I've heard great things about it from other people that have read it. Um, I've also used it. Um, it's called Mentor for Life, Finding Purpose Through Intentional Discipleship. And so I am so great. And there's some other works that I just don't have time to go over this in all the bio. Uh, but Natasha is really um, out here creating materials, um, Bible studies, um for not just uh, people of color, but for all people. And so she is a sought out speaker, consultant, mentor and executive leadership coach. And she's published more than a hundred articles. And so um, I want you to welcome Natasha to the Be The Bridge podcast. (laughs) Okay. And, um, you know, you just wrote, and, um, uh, we're gonna bring in because, um, we have Miss Mariah Humphreys on the call right now, too. And Mariah worked on this last project uh, with you. And I want you to explain um, this last project. And then we're going to have Mariah talk about her role in it. Um, She's going to join us for that portion. And then we'll get all into the nitty gritties of um, who Natasha Robinson is and all the things that she's doing and working on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So,
2: um, The book that we are releasing is called Voices of Lament. And the subtitle is Reflections on Brokenness and Hope in a World Longing for Justice. It's inspired and based on Psalm 37, which is a Hebrew acrostic poem. So it follows the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And it really talks about how God deals with the wicked and how God deals with the righteous. And Mm -hmm. so I was inspired by another project um, that uh, Christiana Brow worked on. And we had women of color writing on Psalm 119. Um, his testimony is my heritage. And, uh, you know, it was in the middle of a pand- the pandemic, like right at the beginning of it in the summer, I was praying, I was reading through Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah and Psalms and landed on Psalm 37. Um, at the same time, when I was reading John uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter nine, and in that passage, it talks about God telling Jeremiah, to call the wailing women because of the atrocities that were happening in Israel. And he said, call them to wail over us. And there were very specific reasons that they were wailing. They were wailing because their men had been taken out of the public square. And this is what I call a uh, George Floyd summer. So it's 2020. Um, they're wailing because their children have been taken out of the streets. And so, you know, I grew up in the South. Tasha, I know you're a Southern girl as well. And, you know, the only people, the only reason children wouldn't be in the streets because it's not safe. And so, it, you know, that's a really important element of just, you know, growing up in, in the South where you just play outside all day, right, when you're not in school. Right.
3: Right. And,
2: you know, they're wailing because death has climbed into their windows. And, you know, when I talked about the contributors of this project, when I shared this with them the first time, I said, you know, death is a, is an enemy to us, the Bible tells us. But death is also a thief, right? Because if it was a welcome guest, they, he would he, death would come in through the front door. And so the fact that it's, you know, coming in through the window, the prophet says, is telling you it's uninvited, it's the uninvited guests, um, you know, it's catching you off guard um, and it's, it's disrupting your whole life. And I think women of color, probably more than anyone in this world, but certainly in our country, we understand our lives being interrupted in these ways by things we don't have control over. Right. Whether it's systemic mm-hmm. injustice or family things or children things. Um, and yet we persevere. Um, Through the suffering, through the mourning, through the uh, lament, and I just love that these women were called and they were called to then teach their communities how to wail and how to um, teach their children and their daughters specifically how to wail. And so I wanted to gather a group of women of color who I knew could embody this passage well. Um, the inspiration behind Jeremiah 9, but also speaking to the justice and injustice that we see in Psalm 37. And so I I gathered 29 women of color to write essays and liturgies and poems. And Miss Mariah here um, was one of our liturgists. And she wrote a phenomenal piece that represented not just herself, but her people, her tribe, um, well. And one of the hearts I have behind this project that people will see the faithfulness of God through the different tribes and languages, nations, and people groups. And so she was one of the women that embodied that so well. So I'm so glad
0: to have her as a part of this project and to call
2: her sister and friend. And
0: only Natasha could put together 29 women. (laughs) Only the captain and the Marines (laughs) could gather together 29 women. You guys, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this Some of you, if you're listening, you've ever written something before. It's hard enough writing something with another partner, but 29—only you could do something like this, Mariah. uh, What was this experience like? And uh, I want to—I want you to talk a little bit about um, your piece and
3: why you wrote your piece. Yeah, only—only Natasha could could gather all of these women and keep us on track, and on schedule. Oh, I and knew you were on track and on schedule. <laughs> <laughs> she, she collected us very well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Needless love to it. say, okay. uh, when I first came onto to this project, I, it was immediate yes for me because I got to combine a lived experience, who I am, and also biblical text, which for me is ideal, right? So whenever I came on and we were all asked to write a chapter, great, great, great. And then there was a missing element. And she said, hey, everybody, we're missing an indigenous person to come in and do a poem or a liturgy. So we all texted each other and we all said, not it. And then the other the other women said, I... I cannot do that. I'm like, I will step in and do a liturgy. And I've mm-hmm. never written a liturgy before, Tasha. I mean, I, I, I grew up Southern Baptist. We just don't do liturgies in the Southern Baptist It's not world. easy. It is not easy. <laughs> no. So it's like, how am I going to do this, yeah. stay true mm-hmm. to the text, and stay true to who I am? And so it was just a really beautiful thing because at Be the Bridge, we we talk about lived experience, and we talk about uh, history and we talk about who we are and, and who we represent, not only on this earth, but also spiritually. So that was a perfect thing for this for this liturgy that I was able to uh, be honored to write, really. And so I did. I tried to. I looked at uh, I think it was twenty three through twenty eight of Psalm thirty seven, and I wanted to stay very true to who I am as one voice, as a Muskogee voice, but also part of one voice of a collective. And I thought it was just a beautiful combination of, of spiritual faith and then a lived experience of an ancestral experience. So when I went through, I kind of walked through history. I walk through some of the things from Genesis 1 all the way through to what we face today. And so throughout my liturgy, I focus on faith and I focus on the hope of no matter what we go through here, that we are Gods, and that we were created beautifully and called good through creation, and I think that's kind of a reminder that I try to put into this liturgy all the way through, to remind myself as well. No matter what we face, no matter what suppression we have of our voices, oppression that we have as people of color, as people of faith, we there is that equality and there's that intentionality as we were created, and as you talk about often not for sameness, but oneness. And so that was just really kind of a theme that is through this book in general, but specifically when I was going through this liturgy of writing technically. I I actually brought in people who who do this often. So writing technically, but also writing as a woman of faith who wants to stay true to the culture that is reflective of God as well, and not a culture that's been assimilated, but just Mm. a true culture that God has kind of put into place and is formed, and I think that's just beautiful. And so that was really the intention behind the liturgy. And the women who write into that chapter after my liturgy, I am so excited that it just, just the stories that these women wrote. I was a student through this project, and I was also an educator too, right? But I was a student through every other chapter and poem. You see different languages throughout this book. Mm-hmm. you see different stories and histories and i think that is just such a beautiful beautiful thing so you're going to be you're going to be pretty proud tasha as you walk through these chapters because you're like yes 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 because both both tashas in my life are represented here right <laughs> and you guys both and i have to keep that straight I'm like latasha natasha and but both of you focus on bringing in you know and uplifting other voices and this is a great collection of that and just to be able to have it be focused on faith and scripture is is very different than what we see across the board today and I think that's what makes this collection unique and it was just a real joy to be to be part of it and to represent who I am and then externally who I am through projects and you know be the bridge and yeah it was just a beautiful process I'm grateful for it
0: yeah and this is a beautiful book. Not only is the cover beautiful, but the words. And, you know, I love liturgies. And and just like you, Mariah, um, it wasn't something that I, in my, um, the practice of my faith had been uh, familiar with in my denomination um, growing up, well... Being non-denominational and then, but having some Baptist roots, um, it wasn't something. But I always say it's like a it's like the a, a personal call and response in a sense, you know, uh, you know. And and so I think liturgi- liturgies are are beautiful, and I I, I use them and wrote some for m- my book, and those things are difficult. But there's something you you say here. Um, you say you handcrafted our seat at your table of justice. You know, and um, let me tell you guys, you definitely want to we're going to talk more about the book. And I'm definitely saying you have to get this book It's beautiful and it doesn't matter if you're a woman of color or not. Um, I think you need to hear these stories and how Natasha beautifully explained. just the birth and where this is coming from and the call for all of us as women. And what this came out of, this lament came out of uh, things that were happening in our country in 2020. And this is the present day um, lament um, of, of, of women. And, and you, in here, you say, uh, we are seen, we are heard, we are uplifted. And um, that is the thing. And so um, we all want to be seen. Everyone wants to be heard and we all um, have this 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 need and and right to be uplifted. Um, and so this is a book that brings about um dignity to every voice. And um, I'm so grateful for your voice and grateful that Mariah serves as our um, director of marketing and communications would be the bridge. And so glad that she uh, was a part of this project. So thank you so much, Mariah, for joining us and explaining. Um your liturgy and, um, and I just can't wait to hear more about these 29 women. <laughs> 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 and I love that. Like, you know, based off of, um, you, you were reading Jeremiah 29 and t- cause that is just a lot of women. But you guys, when you read through this, it's not segmented, it flows. And so I haven't had a chance to go through everything, but just, just a few things that are, that I was able to, um, to skim through, um, this is something that's going to be great for a lot of women, and I would love to see um, just a diverse group of women and men um, to really go um, go through this because you know all the women are writing this. Um, I feel that men have their place of understanding in this work. And so, um, Voices of Lament Reflections on Brokenness, Hope in a World Longing for Justice. And so, edited by Natasha Robertson. Oh, oh, and the forward. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot about that part. <laughs> the forward by yours truly. <laughs> Y'all know I'm a best, but anyway, uh, thank you, Mariah, for joining us. Natasha, you're gonna stay with us, and we're gonna continue this conversation. I want to hear a little bit, you know, I love the way you explained uh, about this, but I don't want to just talk. I want to talk about the process of this and why this is needed. But I also want to talk about some of the other things that you're involved in, um, Mm -hmm. too, and just for people to see the fullness of who you are, you know, and your contribution and everything. So, um, Natasha. Yes, girl. (laughs) Ma'am, 29 people. It's a lot Only of people. you can do that. It's a lot voices of voices okay. of lament, reflections on a brokenness and the hope in the world, longing for justice. And um, the the cover on this is beautiful. I wish you guys could see this. Um, although we're we can see each other and this is videotaped, um, um, you have got to Google this and go and um, see the beauty of this. And what was this process like? Um, Natasha, in bringing together twenty nine, you gave us the reason for choosing twenty nine different mm-hmm. voices. Mm-hmm. What What was this process like? Because I know this had to be a grueling process, yeah. not just of organization, but just of emotion, also. Yeah, yeah, it's very
2: interesting. I was actually writing. <laughs> so it's COVID, so you sitting at home all day, right. and um, I was writing two books and doing some some doctorate work. So that's what I was doing pretty much in COVID, eating, walking, praying, hanging out with my family and writing a lot. <laughs> that's really what was going on. And so um, when I think about just kind of uh, the thematic work of what was happening, it was really looking at the God of... So I was writing this at a time, I was writing my Exodus Bible study, which is like a layperson's commentary, looking right. at the God of generations looking at the god who names himself as the god of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Looking at the god who puts himself as the one to the only god to be worship and praise in contrast to Pharaoh who's an idol and false god and no god really at all. Um right. and 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 how his people um sometimes choose to go back to Egypt or sometimes forget and grumble for how he's provided and sometimes mm. Of object the leader that he's or the leaders he's put in front of them to lead them in the right way and then craft their own narratives out of their own hurt and trauma and pain about what life was like when they were enslaved. And so now I'm talking about not just physical slavery, but spiritual bondage. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think there's still a lot of Christians in the church um, that are not free. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about all that, writing one project, and then I'm thinking about this other project um, at a time when the pandemic was just happening. And mm-hmm. I'm looking around and I'm like, why, in a time that um, there's so much suffering and anxiety and grief and death, um, did was the church not a place that people were running to um, as a leader? And I think there's some very practical reasons for that. I think practically you had a lot of churches that just didn't know what they were doing. Um, You know, some of them didn't have social media, didn't have a website, let alone trying to figure out how to do virtual church. Um, You had large churches that didn't really have intimate relationships. The discipleship was not happening with their congregants. So, you know, if, if the church is centered around the show, (laughs) <laughs> and I don't mean that, you know, but but really what's happening on Sunday and you have thousands of people gathering, then what do you do when that's not the reality that you have, you know, um, available to you? And so I think there were a lot of practical, technical challenges that churches and leaders were facing. And that kind of, in my opinion, took our eyes off the ball of the spiritual opportunity we had to really serve and minister to a community of people you know, that really were hurting and lost and asking a lot of important questions. And I said, you know, the reason why I think the church wasn't able to lean into that latter piece is because a lot of our churches, quite frankly, are still churches, denominations, Christian organizations are still predominantly led by white men, right? And so we just haven't um, provided leadership education and discipleship for that particular group of people um, from a posture of lament or suffering or persevering through that type of thing. But I know people who have been anchored in that. I know people who, they lead out of that posture. And most of the time, that's women of color. And Tasha, you and I went to Rwanda together. we I mean, that's, that's a global thing. It's a global reality. It's not just right. um, something we see happening in, in the West. And so I call forth these women, really, Mm-hmm. Uh, physically in the same way I saw spiritually the and mm-hmm. women being called forth in Jeremiah mm-hmm. because they are professionals in this. They know exactly what to do and they're able to lead a church that really lacked direction about what it means to practice the spiritual discipline of lament what it means to lead people through difficult times, what it mm-hmm. means to hold on to hope when life is not going your way mm-hmm. you know yeah. Um, I think about, I was I just preached um, Sunday about Ruth and Naomi and was mm-hmm. like, so what, when when you're faced with a life of abundance, which is, you know, a lot yeah. of people in America, people that will listen to this podcast, right? That's their yeah. reality. Um, you have a life of abundance. And I'm thinking about Naomi now. Mm-hmm. And you leave that place because there's no food. That's what it means when right. they have a famine. To go to a spiritually destitute place where there are pagan mm-hmm. worship happening in Moab. And then, you, and then there's death all around. Your husband died, mm-hmm. your sons died, and you don't have any, all the assurances that you thought you had. This was our life in a pandemic. Yeah, You know, all those things have, all the trappings have been stripped away and there's mm-hmm. nothing and no one but you and God. Like, what do you say about Yahweh then? Mm-hmm. Right? Is God's mm-hmm. name still worthy to be praised? Right. And so I think that really is the question that, you know, of our time that we were wrestling with. Um, is God's name still worthy to be praised? Mm, mm, And mm. what I want to say out of my spirit is yes. And then, so then how do you disciple people? How do you lead people? How do you coach people and mentor people Mm. through that reality that God's name is still worthy to be praised Mm. when death and destruction is all around, when things is not going your way um, Mm. and things didn't work out how you thought they would?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so good, Natasha. Because you know, um, even you mentioned like uh, just the congregation, just the church in general, especially uh, particular domin- denominations that don't have this theology around lament. You know, yes. and 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 why why we, you know, when you say women of color know how to access that and yes. and live that and breathe that and the reason why is because we have had to learn how like God's name is worthy to be praised even when things are not going your way even right. when you know when you lack power or resources or freedom or choice like all of those things God's name is worthy to be praised and so and 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 basically helping us see those things that are, are not as though they are. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much, I mean, in Lament that even, um, the, you know, that we miss because like half of the Psalms are written, are David's Yes, <laughs> yes. You know? I mean, this man was crowned king and it was decades before he was able to take yes. that rightful place. But in the midst of that, there was the working of the spirit mm-hmm. of God and mm-hmm. the maturity, the things that were happening to prepare him to get to this point, and so not despising that season of lament. So I think that there's so much in that. But why do you think? Because if if we know that, like when we know that half the Psalms are about lament, um, there's a book called Lamentations. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Look, I've, half I've read the it. Prophet. <laughs> It's <laughs> of the prophets crying, minor child. and major. They're like, crying, child. They're crying they out. Crying. I mean crying Jeremiah, out. the weeping prophet. Like I mean, so so much, especially in the Old Testament, um, are is about lament, and and yeah. this is what we need now because lament to me, you have to be able to tap into empathy. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. so much you have to be able to tap into why do you think like this is something that's just missing in a lot of denominations especially like i mean this is the feedback i get a lot mm-hmm. from um, people who read the portion on lament um, because a part of our work our process of be the bridge is that of lament you know that's yep. a um uh something that we teach as our pathway yeah. Um, you know, as we get to reconciliation, the lament. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this is missing from so many congregations?
2: Yeah, I think it makes people uncomfortable. I think mm-hmm. it, um, you know, we have to give up the illusion of control. I think there's some fear associated with it. Like if I let people see the real me, then I'm not going to have mm. um, the respect or the power um, or I'm just going to be uncomfortable. I think there's right. all those things. But I also feel, you know, uh, you know, my, my heart spiritually is that of discipleship. And I think we just had a, yeah. a crisis of discipleship in our country. I don't think yeah. that's a new thing. I think that's just been an ongoing thing. And I, I think part of that crisis is a biblical illiteracy. So part mm. of that crisis is that biblical illiteracy, and so if we're not. Um, and this is the challenge, Tasha. Like, if people are not engaging with the text regularly, mm-hmm. then the the danger we have in our culture, right. in our Christian church church culture, is that we start worshiping a God that we proclaim, but it's not the God of the Bible.
0: Mm.
2: Right. And so the gods, liturgies that we proclaim become idols that we worship, and we build altars to those gods. That could be our bank accounts. It could be our relationship. It could be your marriage. It could be, you know, our political allegiance, whatever. Right. It could be our nationalism, right? right? All these things that we say to identify ourselves to th- that we think is going to keep us safe and keep us in power and control. And we build our altars to those things which cannot save. Yeah. And right. so, um, to tear those altars down, require us to admit mm-hmm. that we have a dependence on the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. that we trust the God of the Bible, that we trust the God of the Holy Spirit to comfort us when we are suffering, when we are mm-hmm. grieved. That we trust the Son of God, Jesus, who is acquainted with our suffering, the God-man mm-hmm. Jesus, who came and suffered in every way that we have, but was without sin, right? And mm-hmm. so there are all kinds of ways when we think about discipleship and following the God of the Bible that we, I think, we start to orient ourselves differently. And so you say, why Why we don't do it? We can't see it. I don't think we read enough. And I don't think we um, have been convicted by the Holy Spirit to have eyes to see what is clear in the text. But if we're only reading one type of leader and we only listen to one type of pulpit and everybody's saying the same things, it's like watching a news station, right? Then you only oriented and discipled into one thing. You don't have eyes to see all the other things. And so whenever I'm teaching, writing, you know, speaking, I'm always asking God, for the Holy Spirit to work in me first, right? But also that the Holy Spirit is ministering to the hearts of people so they can see, they have eyes to see the Bible said, what this and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the the church.
0: Do you have trouble sleeping? Are you feeling a lot of stress and anxiety with everything that's happening in the world today? Then you should join the millions of people who have the Abide Sleep and Prayer Meditation app. This is the number one Christian meditation app that's proven to reduce your stress, improve your sleep, and deepen your experience with the peace of God. I love this app because it helps me launch into my spiritual practices and it just gives me that jump that I need. And when I'm feeling a lot of anxiety, I can turn this on to really meditate and rest and relax. And with this advised premium subscription services, you get ad free meditation. And I like ad free. Plus you get an early access to more content, background music customization, a sleep timer, and even a journal to record your progress. Take my advice. Download this app today to boost your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Right now, there's a special for all the BTB subscribers. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, you'll get 25% off your first year when you sign up for the premium subscription, but only if you text the special BTB promo code, which is 22433. Again, that's 22433. So you want to text BTB22433. Don't wait to download the Abide Sleep and Prayer Meditation app today and text this special code for BTB and the number is 22433 today to get 25% off. I think that it's beautiful when you talk about even bringing the different um, ethnicities of of people groups together to write something like this because um, we say this all the time that there's not one nation or tribe that can represent the, the, the totality of who God is. It takes every nation and tribe. And so when you have um, centuries of, of, of ideologies, theology, doctrines created by one group, yep. and there's major components that are missing um, yeah. because that it takes the... To really display the fullness of God, we need every tribe and every nation. And yeah. so, because of systemic racism, that hasn't been the case, and things have been missing. And I think God had—you've seen you—you've seen what the um, the the Black Church brings, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, to the church. Um, you know, we have we we see. Even the indigenous church and the, yeah. what we can be learned from the indigenous church, mm-hmm. you know, there's there are things that can be learned from, you know, um, uh, f- from the Asian cultures, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so there's so much. And I think one of those things is like vulnerability, in yeah. in, in a sense. And I think lament takes great vulnerability, and yeah. um, and that vulnerability helps you, um, you know. To do that, the hard work of discipleship, but it's hard to disciple someone into something that you haven't been discipled in yourself. And so I I love a a lot of your work. (laughs) A a lot of Natasha's work is all about reimagining and rethinking Mm -hmm. um, discipleship. And, you know, and I think there's so they're, your voice is so powerful in the sense like and it's and I don't know if you guys missed this part, but she said during the pandemic. Now, there was a lot. A lot of us was doing a lot of things in the pandemic, but she up here writing 50, 11 books, <laughs> <laughs> Bible studies, getting her doctorate. Now, let me tell you, um, I'm in seminary right now and uh-huh. I, I just can't do it all. I can't. It's, it, it's so hard to lead. To be in school and to mm-hmm. write a book, like mm-hmm. I have to put things on pause. It's gonna take me forever to finish seminary. <laughs> That's okay. It's gonna take me forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's just it's just um this is difficult work and, yeah. and like you said, how these things tie together. And I feel like God is is using your voice to speak mm-hmm. to the multitudes Thank and God. um in this word this work. And I and when I look at this book and I look at um your bible study i don't know she 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 dropped that i got a chance to to look through your exodus study mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's really good and then she also did one uh on the nice and creed too mm-hmm. the did a creed. Study yep. on it. yeah yeah yep. did one on that so you think you thought i forgot about that one uh-huh. I, I dropped that when i pay attention now i don't get to i don't get to do everything but i pay attention now, i think these yeah. are some things that really help you reshape mm-hmm. um how you're interpreting, because this is another voice um, that is speaking into these things. And I think it's important when we um, broaden ourselves and diversify the voices that we're listening to, you Mm -hmm. may see something and uh, realize something that God is trying to speak um, through a multitude of voices, not just one yeah. voice. And Amen. so I think that's important with the, um, with the work that you're doing. What were some of the, what are some of your hopes out of mm. um, this project and um, some of the work that you're doing, the articles that you're writing, the, um, the studies that you're creating? What are some of your hopes, um, Natasha?
2: Oh yeah, so I think in this project in particular, um, there there's a few hopes, right? So okay. uh, I'm gonna be very direct and say, uh-huh. from the very beginning, we pray for this book to become a classic, mm. um, because it's that yeah. good. Yeah, it's that it's that good because there's nothing else like it. Yes. because there's a desperate need for it and because it's timeless. Now, the other reason is, Tasha, you and I write books, and because the success of this book, numbers-wise, will speak against a narrative about what yeah. women of color and particularly what Black women can do in the Christian publishing industry as far as sales go. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of women of color that God can use in a mighty way to, through the gift of their writing and their words, that will never get an opportunity because the idea that they have, there's no standard for it in the industry. Mm. And so you have to have industry standards so yeah. that when you do a book proposal, you can have yeah. comps to compare them to. And Mm -hmm. so that's one thing. But the other thing, when I think about the systemic injustices um, and and how institutions work, and Christian publishing is another institution. (laughs) Um, And, Uh um, you know, when I was selecting these women, about half of them beforehand, I had a personal relationship with. The other half were referred to me by um, other women that I trusted and, and knew. And so I didn't have a personal relationship with these women. And some of them I've been able to cultivate a deep relationship with over the last 2 years. Mariah is one mm-hmm. of those women.
3: Yeah.
2: Um but I sought to diversify this community in a lot of ways. So there's about equal representation. I didn't want to have like a whole bunch of black women and a few other people kind of sprinkled in there. So there's about right. equal representation between African American women and those women I would say descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. Um oh, Asian American yeah. women um, Hispanic or Latina women, um, uh, 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 Pacific Islanders. And then uh, this last group I have is indigenous women and what I would call global citizens. So these are women that are not born and raised in the United States. So they have a different social location than that. Right. And I think we need to learn from those women. And it was important to me to have multiple indigenous women voices speak. And so um, that was very intentional. It's intentionally intergenerational. Um, But then the other way, Tasha, when I think about justice is, um, and these women are doing all kinds of work and leading all over the country in different ways, but I intentionally selected about half of these women that had some kind of platform and about half of them that didn't. Hmm. So I could have went out, right, and asked all my friends. I could have asked you and Hmm. Truth's Table and all these women that have platforms Um, Hmm. and I've, and, and, you know maybe that would have helped sales go better. But part of my act of justice in this, being a person who's a leader and understanding how systems work and trying to create access and opportunities for people, which is extremely important for me, is to um, create that for people. Mm. So if I can have some woman on this project that loves the Lord, that is a trusted voice within her own community, that's going to be mm. serious and intentional in how she addressed the text, but no one knows her name outside of that, this book can platform her, right? So when she goes to a publisher and she has something very specific to say, she can say, I was a part of that project. So to me as a leader, Tasha, that is extremely, so it's not about my name being attached to a bestseller or sale. It's about what the work that this book would do Mm. if if the prayer that we've asked the Lord for um, becomes a reality. So that's a hope I have for this project. I believe it's timeless. I believe that it's unique. I believe that the church needs it, but I also believe it's a gift to our our country um, and can provide some healing that we all need if we just are humble enough to hear and pay attention.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm looking at um, chapter 30. It says, What Carries Us Home, Yeah, a poem for Generation Z. Yeah, And this right here, this poem alone was written by a Haitian American, mm-hmm. a Korean American, yep. um, two Korean Americans, a uh, African American, yep. and um um uh indigenous uh, mm-hmm. nations. Uh, ma- I forget um Mariah's how to Moskoki, Ms- Moskoki mm-hmm. um, nation. Muskokee yep. Make sure I say that right, Trayvon. Moskoki mm-hmm. nation citizen. Yep. And so um, I think that that right there, you're not reading other things where all these different types of voices are are coming together, and you're so right, you know. in and choosing this, I even see um, um, uh, uh, Dina um, Pierre. I know yep. her. You know, yep. um, um, Grace um, Cho. You know, just yep. a lot of these um, K. A. Ellis. Um, yep. Um, just so many people that I I've seen their work and 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 all of these people coming together. This is incredible, and e- to be able even to bring this many people together for this type of work takes um, an abundance of leadership. So it speaks yeah. to um, just who you are um, as a um, uh, as a leader. And I, I mean, I'm seeing a Nigerian poet, like yeah. Oh, I mean, you guys. Let me tell you, you it will be. Good for your soul. And then yes. just to have to see um Psalm 37. I think this is this is written in Hebrew right here. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. huh And um, and I mean this is a beautiful work, and this is a gift. Um, when you talk about Psalm 30, 37. and there's so much in this, and so each person <laughs> has a portion um in this. And um, I think this is gonna be something that's this that is life changing for a lot of um, a lot of people, and I just I love how we think about this, and I love the fact that your your platforming all of this, and it's not it's not so much as um, it's about all of you, you yes. know, in this um, because I see sometimes when people do this and. Um, I think it's different when you are um, a white person and you mm-hmm. have a collection of leaders where you have you're bringing together all these voices of people of color. Uh, but then you're the one that's doing all the interviews and all, you know what I'm saying? I, I've seen yeah. that, too. Yeah. And um, and I love the fact that how inclusive this is. Um, this work is. I wanted to talk to you a little bit because I know yeah. a lot of us know you as an author, yeah. um, but you also, um, you know, you also lead um, Leadership Links, yeah. uh, which is a nonprofit organization. So I want you to explain. Uh, I, I've had an opportunity um, a couple years ago to do something with Leadership Links. And um, I know your heart, you have a young daughter. And so your heart to see discipleship in this, Mm -hmm. um, this now generation. We can't say Mm -hmm. next generation. It is the now generation. Um, Tell us a little bit about that work that you're doing um, through your nonprofit. So this
2: is the funny thing. This is how we get confused, right? We out in the Uh street doing things and people are calling Natasha Sistrunk Robinson, Uh Latasha Morrison, because they know like, you know what I'm saying? Like we both leading, we both black, we both write books. (laughs) We both yeah. talk about race stuff, and we both have yeah. nonprofits. Yeah. So we did a, we did a social media post about this one time. It's like, look, this is Latasha Morrison. Yes. This is Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. Yes. Latasha Morrison does be the bridge. Natasha yeah. Sistrunk Robinson does leadership links, and you yes. can support both of us. Praise God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, so, and the work that we're doing. You yeah, know exactly. Uh, exactly. But but it's a running joke we have. But my. Mm-hmm. My work at Leadership Links is really the same thing. I uh, I started this nonprofit. We just celebrated our seventh year anniversary, Tasha. So I thank God for that. Yeah. And you know, it's hard work. Girl, you know, it's hard work. And so, because I I say a lot of times, this is another injustice we see in the community where people of color, particularly black people and particularly black women, when we're starting something like this, a nonprofit, I didn't know I was starting a nonprofit. I just wanted to do good work. And as I call my friends, say, let's get to work. So you start something with some passion and prayers, yeah. Right. And our sisters and brothers, you know, they get to start with checks and donors and supports and structures. And it's like, we, didn't, you know, we didn't have none of that. We just kind of step yeah. out on face and like, God, yeah, you know, this is what you told us to do. Let's do it. So yeah. this nonprofit I started, um, we started praying about it over a decade ago. We didn't know it going to be a nonprofit, but I basically called on some of my friends. These are six African-American graduates of the Naval Academy. Uh-huh. Um, so these are all either they were active duty or veterans um, in the Navy. I was the only Marine among the group and it was an intergenerational group. It was men and women. And we gathered because we had five passions of education, leadership, mentorship, public service and our Christian faith. And so we were just having conversations about what is it that we could do together? Because I believe that we could have a greater impact if we kind of pooled our resource, that's time and talents and treasure, right? That we were gonna pool that. We could have a greater impact. And so all of us were kind of living our lives under those core values or passions, but I'm like, hey, let's kind of focus those efforts. And so we started this nonprofit, Leadership Links Incorporated. Specifically, what we're doing is providing leadership education in a holistic way that includes character development and spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're doing that. We really focus, um, have been focusing over the last seven years in preparing uh, middle and high school girls. And now we have a program for young women through mentorship to lead in the marketplace, so really preparing them for innovation, entrepreneurship, and executive leadership, Um, and anchoring that, um, you know, through our biblical uh, principles and focus from our Christian um, convictions, really, and so we've been doing that. We're in the sixth year of our mentoring program for girls. We have 25 girls in the program this year from four different states. We just launched our first mentoring program for young women. We have uh, seven girls in that program from like four different states. Um, And so it's been a joy and a burden, right? To um, take something, but then you get to see the results of it. And for me, we're not measuring results by numbers, you know, because I think a lot of times in church, We are um, having metrics that are in alignment with the world. I'm not saying those are bad. I'm just saying that's not the way things are measured in God's economy. And so we like to Mm -hmm. measure in the church sometimes by, I call the three B's, like, you know, buildings, the size of our buildings, the size of our budgets, and how many butts we have in the seat, right? (laughs) Right, And so, but I, I think, you know, in God's economy you know the the wealth the true Mm. wisdom and riches is is when we see lives transformed you know when we can see the testimony from parents and children and how they see themselves and what they believe they can do in the world by partnering like we have a creed and and part of that creed says therefore i will actively take part in the great work god is doing in the world Mm. and so to see people across generations like our theme for our mentoring program is mentoring across generations get excited about partnering with God in the work He's doing, right? Mm-hmm. And we—that's the what we get to see um, happening, and that's the thing that really um, kind of keeps me going when I get discouraged. I'm like, look, now God, like, like with Moses, like, I ain't asked you for yeah. all these people, you know, God, yeah. like, 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 and, and right, God, right, you know, you know, and oh, then God, uh... and then right, but then you, but then you see, that, but then you, you know, you get a little note or you get an email, you, you know, I was just reviewing yeah. our surveys from the program last year, you know, and to see these girls talk like. Um, You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't have confidence before I have confidence now. I didn't believe I could do public speaking. Now I can do that. Now I have a higher standard for myself. I know that young people are looking up to me. Now I have to be a role model. You know, so that's Uh why I'm hearing from sixth graders and seventh graders and 12th graders. And I'm like, my Mm -hmm. God, we thank you that we're doing something right here. And Mm -hmm. so people can find out about that wonderful work um, at our nonprofit website, Leadership Links, L-I-N-K-S, stands for our five core values of love, inspiration, network, knowledge and service. Leadership links inc. inc.org and they can find out more about our work and support us there.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's so funny. I I do the same thing. Um I'm like, okay, God, God, you chose me. <laughs> you chose me to do this work. Like I sure need you sure this show what up. we
2: doing? You sure this, this
0: what we doing? I, I need you to help your people. Get Ooh. your people, g- gather your people, collect your people. You know, I, <laughs> These I just want support it. Yeah. These here your people, Lord. Your <laughs> people. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's because I think sometimes we can hold on to something mm-hmm. that was never meant for us to hold on to. It's not ours, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. having that perspective, it actually shows me what my role is. And then the thing is, God can do this work through anyone. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he chose me. And yep. in yep. this season that, that that we're in, I'm expecting God to show up and yeah. support and yeah. pour in, give us wisdom, give us direction, give us vision, all of those things that i um, needed. And I, I was like, and it has to come from God because I don't know what in the world I'm doing. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I don't know what in the world I'm doing. I hope you know what you're doing, God, because I sure don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Listen, like, God, can we get a nap? And a check.
2: Can I get a nap and a check? Because I need both. (laughs) (laughs) And don't don't let the nap affect my check. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, somebody.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. It's it's Uh, a lot. And, you know, and I I, I think there's so many women out there doing some beautiful things. And like, but what I hear, especially from women of color, is like a lot of our, Work is starting from ground zero, you know. Oh, what no, I'm saying? Absolutely, it's like absolutely trying to get the infrastructure and all the yeah. things that, um, you know, trying to play catch up in a lot of the things, and so, yes. um, you know, so we do need uh um, brilliant people to come alongside and 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 help, and so I think you know, uh, we just have to keep. Push in and getting opportunities like here to you know to platform each other's work um, mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing and um I think you know when you when you talk about this you kind of mentioned a little bit some of the challenges what has mm-hmm. been um some of the challenges of a woman um, like yourself um you know leading as it relates to leadership yeah um you know what ha- what were some of the challenges? Um, and you kind of mentioned them in a in a broad mm-hmm. way as a in 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 your writing, you know, mm-hmm. as an author, what mm-hmm. are some of the challenges that um you're facing as a leader, um, you know, mm-hmm. as a um as a writer, um, you know, and I, I would say, you know, as a theologian, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you so much for it, Tasha. I think mm-hmm. so I think one thing I wanna say when people um you you know, we've been following and supporting each other for a long time. Even when we're right. not interacting, we're paying attention, yeah. we're praying, right? right? right. Um, but everybody doesn't know the work that we do. And so for me... For people who might just be popping on on one thing, like the podcast or the nonprofit or the right. And what Uh I'm saying is that some people know you for like one thing or two things, but they don't know you have your hands in multiple things. And so um, for me, my main work, what people I I think I want people to understand, like, so my spiritual gift is leadership. Like I came out like that. I'm the oldest of three children You know, I was voted student body president by my peers in middle school. Right. All Uh my cousins did what I did. Right. So I, 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 you know, I, my first keynote address, like to a large group of over a thousand people was my high school graduation where I got two standing ovations. Right. Uh, So my spiritual gift is leadership. And right. so I've always had that. Now, what my experience yeah. has done is hone those leadership skills and it's right. done that in very different ways. And so right. when you say, well, how can you rally? Because that's what I've always done. Mm. Right. I've yeah. always been that person. And right. so and, and, and so that's that. So so my work, I believe, is really at the intersection of my Christian faith the convictions of that faith and my spiritual gift of leadership. And so I write about these other things, Tasha, just because I'm a black woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, um, right? but but I like I don't necessarily want to be talking about race all the time, right? right? Or or gender issues all the time, but I write right. about these things out of my social location, but primarily mm-hmm. what I'm really solid at is leadership. And right. so you know, um, and even that we say it's the challenges of writing. Well, because it, even the people we know, like, like us, and like Joe yes. Saxon, for example, it's an uphill battle to say, I wanna write a book about leadership in this industry. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, they will not put leadership on our book title. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: Right? And then, because you can name the, the three people that's writing about leadership that are all white men in the Christian arena, right? Mm. And mm. Uh, as if they're the only ones that have anything to say about leadership. Mm. And so I think that's part of the challenge I face as a writer. Like I just haven't been given the confidence, not in myself, but within the industry, to write about the stuff I'm really, I really know well and mm-hmm. good at and have experience in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a challenge. But I think the other challenge is that, um, you know, uh, I think there's something to be said about integrity and faithfulness.
0: Mm.
2: Just being obedient right. and saying yes to the things that God has called mm-hmm. you to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think my journey has been a series of saying yes. The challenge has been, Tasha, is that my first job was being an officer in the Marine Corps. I was a financial management officer in the Marine Corps, I graduated at the Naval Academy at 22 years old and started leading people and major projects right away. I am among the first class to graduate from Naval Academy post 9-11 so we were mm-hmm. in war as a financial mm-hmm. management officer i was managing millions of dollars and mm-hmm. we were in wartime right that mm-hmm. that's the anchoring of my professional training as a 22 year old kid right mm-hmm. and so um the way i've been trained as a leader is completely different than other you know than most people and so when i think about that the professional development in a career like that i knew exactly what the path was I knew exactly who my mentors were. I knew exactly who the sponsors were. And if I did the things, if I did the, if I, if, you know, they say you got to be a great Marine and you have to be great at your job. So a great mm-hmm. Marine would be stuff like being a solid leader, being physically fit, you know, those type of things, not getting mm-hmm. in trouble, right? And um, being mm-hmm. good at your job would be, you got to know how to be a great financial management officer. And I was a great Marine and I was a great financial management officer. And so I was advancing very well, you know, in the early part of my career and made a decision to get out because I felt God called me out. And because I thought at the time, and I still believe it was the best decision for my family. So um, my husband and I, we miscarried our first child. Um, mm-hmm. I was four or five months into that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so my my child that we have now with us, my daughter, um, she was like two years old. And if I went mm-hmm. back into the fleet, what we call, I would have never seen her. My mm-hmm. marriage was not healthy at the time. We would not have survived. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision that I wanted to—the spiritual question God was asking me, Tasha, was, are you going to trust me to provide or are you going to trust the military to provide for you? Mm. And so I I quit. I, you know, I, I mean, I got out. I, f- I feel my commitment, but I got out and left a job that I loved and that I was good at and that they were paying me a lot of money and all my friends were doing it. And I say that as a long response to—I kind of got into these other things. I never had a desire to be an author right? I never oh. had a desire to run a nonprofit. <laughs> I never had right. a desire to, you know, re- lead a small business. And so I right. got to this place of being like a social entrepreneur as a result of saying yes uh, to things that God was putting in front of me and, and walking mm-hmm. out of places where God had closed doors. And the mm-hmm. challenge, the probably the number one challenge here, Tasha, being in this place is it is a vulnerable place because mm-hmm. a lot of times what you're not able to do is not for lack of competence, it's for lack right. of capacity, mm. right? Yes. It's for lack of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for lack of support. That's the yes. challenge. It's not for lack of confidence yeah. or, or competence. And so, um, you know, I think about this and I look around and I was like, you know, you don't have the mentors and you don't have the sponsors. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I might, like, when I look at women of color and black women in particular, mm-hmm. there's very few people ahead of us, Tasha, that are doing this. Mm-hmm. Most of the women of mm-hmm. color and most of the black women are doing that are doing this, you know, seminary and stuff, they're in the academy or they're mm-hmm. in the pulpit. Yeah. But you and I have been called primarily to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have a lot of mentors and sponsors mm-hmm. that understand the challenges and things that we are up mm-hmm. against. And so we're figuring this all out as we go because we don't have those examples ahead of us um that are facing the same challenges that we're facing and then the models that they give you might not work for us mm. and right. so that's the main the main challenge I I face is you know growing into this and just trying to be obedient to the call really yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. well um thank you for saying yes um I I was just in um Charlotte uh recently and um I got a chance to meet with a group of uh, Be The Bridge group there, some leaders, and one young lady had written a book. And in her book, she had wrote, uh, she talked about how lament has been the hardest thing. She's an African-American woman, Mm -hmm. and how lament had really been one of the most difficult things for her to um, connect to and to feel her own pain. You know, yeah. because we're yeah. so used to, especially as a, a African American woman, not really sometimes having the chance to pause and to grieve yes. and to lament and to yes. to hope. It's like you gotta do the next thing, do the next right yeah. thing, do the next right thing. Yeah, you know? and sometimes you do that grieving in the midst of, but taking that pause. Yes. to really feel it. And so um, she said, "That's what she did." And so she wrote this. Um, uh, a part of her book she wrote this lament to her ancestors, you know. Oh gosh. And and I'm and it was beautiful. And I, I'm re listening to her read it because she read it. And she does voiceover. so, you mm-hmm. know, like her is so it's beautiful how she's how she's reading it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking at all these women in this circle and yeah. um and the we were in a tea house that was owned by another African-American woman who mm-hmm. um, also is a part of this work. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, God, I, Lord, I thank you for allowing me to say yes. Yeah. You know, and to c- continue to say yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And what I would say is, in this work that you're doing, showing up, saying yes, that there are going to be generations that are going to mm-hmm. be Praise impacted. God. Even if this... You know, with this book, people may not realize the gift that mm-hmm. this is today in 2022, mm-hmm. but they may realize the gift that it is in 2025 or whenever mm-hmm. um, that is. But the mm-hmm. fact that it is written and that's the yeah. one thing after I wrote my book, I mm-hmm. said, Lord, I thank you. I thank mm-hmm. you that the words are here. Yes. And so if I'm no longer here, that you have been put breath into these words. Yes. We are here to bring about transformation for years Amen. to come. Amen. And so that's what I would say with these words. And there's so many, so many books out there that we don't see that the the gift of it until after the fact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so just know that this is done. This is good work and God has breathed on it. And Amen. your yes, um, every day your yes has not only changed the, um, the lives of people that you impacted in the Marines, but, um, also the students and the children that you're working with and also the women and men that you're working with. And so, um, Mm. you are doing great work. And so I'm Mm. so grateful to have you all here today to even, Mm. um, bring up to the audience, um, to talk about just some of this work, um, that you're doing. So, um, you know go out and get this book it is <laughs> um voices of lament reflections on brokenness hope in a world longing for justice and mm. then shout out to the publishers um yes um, baker publishing you know um revel um that that took a, a chance on this because i i i do see some things changing i i see some things changing even with um you know my publishing company i see mm-hmm. little increments of change because as, and we say this all the time, as people change, as the Lord transforms the heart of his people to be more inclusive, to see the dignity in everyone, to shift power structures, the places that those people intersect, those places will begin to change. And so we start seeing these glimpses of hope of books that would have never been published 20 years ago that are getting published now and i think we're going to continue in that trajectory but i also feel that 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 god would do something um to reimagine even the publishing industry yes like we're seeing in movie production where yeah never thought about all these streaming these streaming um pathways and you know first it was like okay we need production companies to and writers Mm -hmm. and all these things and now you're seeing Mm -hmm. People of color that are part of all these industries, but then they were saying, okay, but then there's a certain group that controls what gets seen. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing different ways on the ways things can get seen. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and yes. so you see that like with self publishing and audiobooks and all of the things that we're seeing. And so God will make a way. Amen. <laughs> so either, either Amen. people will bend and change or they will be forced to change. And so just know that God's work will get done. Amen. And God's voice will be heard. And so, um, and the work that we do are part of God's voice. And so um, I'm grateful for you, sis. And, love um, you. you know, we had a chance to, to go to Africa um, together back in, uh, what was that we went? 20, um, 2017.
2: 2017,
0: 2017. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. 2017, we went to Rwanda. We got to witness and um, be up close and personal with the kind of restoration process, the reconciliation yeah. process in Rwanda. And we got to do that with a, um, a group of all, all of us were African-American women. And, mm-hmm. um, um uh, Amina Brown, mm-hmm. um, um, was, I think she put it, Amina led this, like she put mm-hmm. all of us together, um, mm-hmm. and with African New Life. And the beauty of that, it was so funny because I had been to Rwanda mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. several times before mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm just gonna tell something funny. Like I'm not a bug person, like I don't, yep. don't like bugs, but so but to be with all the women and when something the bugs were coming around and all of us reacted the same yep, way. Yeah, yep, um, yep. you know, the whole bathroom situation, just yes. all the things, you know. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. And but then even how we got to speak with yeah um the women leaders there. Yes them pour into us like you know we like we got y'all smarter than us like Tasha, we want to learn w- from you um just the, the the beauty of that was was great and i will never forget that experience nope. um getting to walk on that soul and mm-hmm. i would never forget that moment we had when we went mm-hmm. to the school when the school was closed mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. decided to stay and have prayer oh my goodness you guys what a time, what a time, what a time. And um, on the soil of Rwanda, let me tell yeah. you, um, yeah. it was beautiful. And so um, that was, we had known each other before then, Yeah. but yeah. I think we all of us really got to know each other. So we have, a, I'm, I'm the worst, we do have a Voxer a group still together mm-hmm. and yeah. we try to support each other and, yep. and all these things and life takes over, but uh, we yeah. know, we know yeah. each other, and so which is good. And so I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of oh, the work same. That you're doing. Same, sis. Um, and your um, even her Bible studies. Y'all gotta check out her Bible studies. Her <laughs> Bible studies you. are good. And I wanted <laughs> you to know, one of my friends, um, Andrea, she has mm-hmm. your book, Mentor to Life. Um, mm-hmm. Mentor to Life. And I'm- she carries that book around. Every time I see Andrea, she has that book. She has Aww. that book and she, she has that that thing is weathered. It has like yeah. all these little tabs in it. Yeah. Um, she uses it and she said, this is the best book, you know, on mentorship that I've ever yeah. re- I've ever yeah. read. Praise and, God. And um, and so let me tell you, if if people don't see it, God sees it. You know? Gosh. Thank if people you, don't see it, God sees it and God sees sees you. Praise and God. um just, you know, just know that you are seen okay Mm. even sometimes when we can't say it that you are seen and your giftedness Mm -hmm. will make room for you and amen 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 amen. so i love you to have you and we gotta jump off this call Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) so (laughs) that we can go on another call but hey listen community support this work um you can you know of course in our notes we'll have all the um information about the links and everything um but show tell people how they can follow you and find you Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you can follow me um and find me at natasha s robinson.com so s for my maiden name sis drunk and that's where all my ministry work is located you can find out more all my resources there All my resources there. Um, I relaunched my uh, Sojourner's Truth podcast. You can locate that there. Um, Yeah, all the things are there. And social media, you can follow me on all the socials from there as well. And then the Voices of Lament project, you can follow VoicesofLament.com. We have a merchandise store. So there's some, we didn't mention this, there's some beautiful illustrations inside the book by Baraka's wife, Patrice Lewis. And so um, you can buy some of that artwork and uh, on several um, items. So there's a merchandise store. There's some interviews with our contributors. There's a one-page summary sheet with photos and um, bios of all of our contributors and um, it's just a lot of wonderful, great content there, um, and the book's trailer is there as well. And then a the nonprofit you can follow at Leadership Links, L I N K S I N C dot org.
0: Yes, and they're gonna want some of this artwork because it's beautiful. So. It is phenomenal. So I'm telling you, the book is powerful. Um, I am not exaggerating. You, I think I may be even understating it. And 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 <laughs> and just just with the, I've only had the book. Um, for like two days. So yep. um so the yeah. real so, the real physical physical copy, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the real physical The pretty copy. one. So yeah. um the pretty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So um I'm so grateful for you. And um yes, and so what I want okay, hold on one second. Okay, so this is something what was I gonna say?
2: You're gonna tell the people go out and buy the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
0: <what you> <laughs> So thank you guys for listening. And so what I would love for you guys to do is make sure you're sharing this podcast. Make sure you're sharing the things that you're learning um, from this community with your Mm -hmm. community. And I would love to hear back from you um, something that you um, learned from this podcast. You know, um, read Psalm 37 and, Mm. and, and, and what stands out to you and reading that through a new lens. So I would love to hear that back from you. Um, you know, find me on um, on, on social. You can um, put it at Be The Bridge, at Be The Bridge um, on social or at Latasha Morrison. So I would love to hear back from you, um, especially after you get this book and you read Psalm 37 from it. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys Thanks, Have sis. a beautiful week. <laughs>
3: Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to BeTheBridge.com. Again, that's BeTheBridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer.
3: And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer.
1: Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.